I'm Paul Hamill and you're listening to the Grassroots Coach Podcast, a podcast for grassroots soccer enthusiasts. From playing, I had managers um, and I knew what I wanted from that manager or that coach. And you know, you know what what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. So like I've had lots of different types of coaches. I've had a coach that would... uh, just pick out all the negatives and give out hell every before the game after during the game halftime the whole lot and then you had coaches who would be really respectful and who you'd really want to play for who you'd who would have you know would try and build you up as a player and try to but at the same time would tell you what you need to do better you know so the the different type of coaches you have when I was like when I was playing I had just all the different types of coaches and I knew then what what kind of coach I wanted to be in this episode, I speak to Laura Cusack, UEFA coach and former FAI development officer, and Megan Smith-Lynch, Ireland Under-16 women's coach and current Piedmont United player, where we discuss their playing and coaching careers. So Laura and Megan, uh, absolutely delighted that um, you could come on uh, to this episode of the podcast. And just to start, um, something that I struggle with myself is I'm never quite sure whether to call girls involved in soccer, girls soccer, lady soccer, women soccer, just call it soccer and not refer to girls. So could you put me straight on, on how I should refer to soccer and girls involved in soccer? Well, I think obviously you have to make the distinction because obviously you have women's national league, you have a men's national league. So I don't like, there's no issue with calling it women's for me. Hmm. Um, I think ladies is, I, I seen actually something on Twitter recently, someone was giving out about, football being called ladies football I think it was more so the point that was being made was it's not called gentleman's football and I was like mm. fair point but I, I wouldn't take offense to it to be honest with you I yeah. wouldn't really care I've often called the girls guys lads come on in here all sorts of yeah so, don't, so, don't, so don't get don't get don't overthink it no that's what I would say yeah. but um women's mm. and girls I'd usually refer to it as I, I, I wouldn't really use ladies but sometimes even I find myself saying ladies just maybe it's mm. because old in the old not the olden days but you know traditionally it was called ladies football but i think that's kind of changed it's, it's and, really and technically speaking laura is it girls up to a particular age without you know not overthinking it but technically is kind of that is it is it girls up to age and then women I, after that yeah generally just underage football would be the girls and the same as like the boys would be up to underage football yeah. like you wouldn't really call the under 18s boys the men i suppose you know but afterwards mm. you call them you'd call it men's football, you know, that's, I suppose that's kind of, I, I don't overthink it. And I suppose that's yeah. important for other people to realize. But girl, but girls soccer would be up to the age of what? Just if we were being technical about Probably it. Probably underage. Yeah, underage, yeah. 14. Which is, which is what, Megan, up to what age then? Um, You're probably looking at 15, 16, just before a national league. And then you have the under 17s at the moment in Ireland, the under 17s women's national league they'd call it that in the under 19 so maybe yeah. when you're playing for your, your local club football um, and regionalized centers it's kind of more so girls but then when you, you hit your, the national leagues and stuff you'd, you'd kind of label it women's uh, okay. the FBI kind of lean towards calling it a women's league so we kind of just stick we stick to that name but in terms of like I know at the moment they do women's um, only coaching courses and one of the things they do emphasize in the coaching courses it's not a women's only, for example, B license they do. It's a it's a it's a way for B license. Don't just mm-hmm. call the women's only one, you know. Yeah. Um, we want to lean towards equality and stuff and sure. not just presentate towards just women. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. And and if I was to call it ladies soccer, would you find that in any way inappropriate? Not not in I not inappropriate. I think 
um, growing up through the years, ladies has always been towards uh, the GAA. They kind of call that ladies football mm-hmm. and women's. But I would, I, I don't think we take any offense if someone was to say ladies soccer or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's the same thing, and we we know what you're talking about. So and, and without without laboring the points, to say what you said about uh, women's uh, UEFA course, should we be just calling it soccer? Or do you ha- do we have to distinguish maybe because girls football is maybe behind in terms of its development? I don't think so. I think we're fighting for equality uh, throughout mm. the sport in terms of, you know, investments and uh, all other aspects. So I think if someone was to say women's football, I think at the moment we're not we're not taking any offense to it. But mm. down the line, you'd like to just say it's football at the end of the day, whether it's men yeah. or women. Okay. Um, and yeah. equality like throughout, not just in terms of what we're fighting for and yeah. in investment and fair treatment. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe in order to get to that point, you know, in terms of uh, the girls game seems to follow the men's game, you know, in terms of the men's game is obviously very well developed. And then the girls is, is uh, following or hopefully will follow suit um, that it will get to the point where we will just talk about soccer and, and it, it won't mm-hmm. matter whether you're whatever your gender is. Yeah, I suppose the big difference is that the opportunity is the opportunities, really, because even though it's getting better for girls, it's still not at the level. Like, I mean, if you're a boy and you're nine, you'll find, you can, you have your list of clubs you can decide to join. Whereas depending on where you're from, as a girl, nine-year-old girl, you might be told, well, your nearest club's an hour away. It just depends on your geography. It depends on all that. So it's still, the opportunities still aren't the same at all, okay. um, but they're getting better. And I think at a higher level, they're definitely getting better. Like Megan mentioned, the national leagues that are there, the under-17s, mm-hmm. under-19s national leagues, and then you have your women's national league at senior level. Yeah. So it's getting better that those elite leagues are in place. But I think on the grassroots side of things, there's still certain areas where there's big gaps for, for the girls. Okay. And not, they're not providing it. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not providing the same amount of teams as they would be for the boys. So. Okay, great stuff, Laura. And and mm-hmm. perfect segue into uh, just how you both got involved yourselves. So we can start with you, Laura. How did you get involved in soccer uh, initially? Yeah, so basically there was no, uh, there was no team near me, well, no um, soccer team. There was Gaelic and all the rest, but um, so I played that. But there was no soccer team, and that was really where my passion lied. Like, I, I, uh, I'm from Drada, so I followed Drada United, so I'd be going in there watching the games and just absolutely loved it and followed Liverpool and Ireland matches and that's really I was just more into that and wanted to play but there was no girls team so my dad was actually doing the FAI coaching course like it's Kickstarter or the PDP1 now as it's called Um, it was the old FAI introductory course so it was on over a weekend so Sean McCaffrey from Monaghan was um, he was the, the RDO at the time covering all the different counties up to this end in the northeast and I went up to that course to do to be a coach at 14 years of age and just loved it. And I have to say that John McCaffrey uh, was probably really instrumental because he just encouraged me so much over that weekend. I was the only girl on the course. Uh, the next lad was maybe in his 20s. And then the sorry, were you, were you playing soccer at this stage? No, no, no. Okay. I wasn't playing, just coaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As in, I just like that. I hadn't been coaching. I just went up to this course mm. with my dad tagging along, trying to get involved and do something in football. And uh, yeah, like I'm, and the rest of them, I think we're all over 40 now. Well, they seemed over four. Maybe they were very, very old, old, very old. Yeah. Very, very old. <laughs> and yeah, but as a 14-year-old young girl, it was daunting. You know what I mean? I do remember that. But I, yeah. I remember loving it at the same time. And just Sean McCaffrey really encouraged me to, to get involved. So I ended up coaching with my local club, Albion Rovers, that took over the under-8s boys team. Um, well, wow. And that's where I really started, I suppose. Well, um, you know what? That's great because I, assu- I assumed you had played soccer. No, did it totally the wrong way around. I didn't mm. even get 
play then until I was about 17. Um, but so you, started, you started to play then? Yeah, so I coached mm. first, coach at 14, started playing at 17. When I went to, I went to University of Limerick and studied sports and exercise science mm. and uh, joined that team, basically. The, the, then, the UL team? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I would have managed the, uh, the Collingwood team, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be very familiar with it, yeah. So that's where I started, really, in college. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was totally the wrong way around. But mm. I remember Sean McCaffrey always saying to me as well, when I was doing that coaching course, and even... I did every summer camp, every summer as well, you know, coaching. And he was mm. saying to me, every time he saw me, he's like, but well, make sure you play, make sure you get to play. Because he, he just said, it, like, it's very hard to become a coach um, without ever having played because what you're mm. expecting of the players and, you know, to even understand what, what, you're cap- what they're capable of and what, what's possible on the pitch, you have to really get in there sure. and play. Yeah. Okay. So that was really interesting. For me. All right. And Megan, if I could ask you the same question. Yeah. Your, sorry, your can... first introduction to it. Yeah, um, obviously, I think majority of people, you say your family background, so I uh, grew up just watching football, big, huge United family, so uh, yeah, I grew up watching the football, and I actually went down, funny enough, I was about five, and I went down to my local GAA club, and after a couple of weeks, I just didn't really have an interest in the GAA, but I knew I wanted to play sports, so I went down then to my local soccer club, and at the age of five until now, um, just absolutely fell in love, uh, fell in love with football, um, playing all the way through the years and when well, I got what, to, what club was that Megan? Uh, Sword Celtic I started oh, yeah, off very with, good. Yeah, big, and big then, club um, yeah. yeah and then I then moved to Swords Manor and then it got to a stage where um, I was I was old enough I wasn't allowed to play with the boys anymore because back then you weren't allowed to play with the boys after I think it was under under 13s uh, so I had to make that switch then to to women's football so um, I decided to join uh, Shelburne uh, Shelburne ladies so I was with I was with them for, for years and then when I was with Shelburne Ladies, I started making regional centre squads and um, international Leinster squads and international squads. And then when so when I got to under 15s and I finished up, I was with the MGL Academy. That was the regional centre. Um, I just absolutely loved it up there every Friday night uh, training. And I decided then when I was too old to be with the MGL Academy as a player, I decided to go in coaching uh, while I was playing. So that was at, at the age of 16. So that's when yeah. my coaching actually started. I was with the MGL uh, for many years coaching. You, so you started coaching a year before Laura. Am I, am I, yeah. getting, my, am I getting my numbers right yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> but I was playing miles. I was playing years oh. before that. I didn't do it. As Mary, just, just going back to your playing, right? So you, you play the boys all the way up. Is that, when you look back on that now, what what, would, what are your thoughts on that, playing playing with oh, the lads and sorts? I 100% uh, back what I did. I see, mm-hmm. um, like I see girls, girls squads being formed uh, these days at under eights, under nines, under tens. And like, I can fully understand it in terms of uh, some girls might be intimidated to try and join boys teams. But if I was look myself, um, I really like, I, I felt I really benefit, benefited from uh, playing with boys all the way up. And was there any other girls in the team with you? Um, I think for one or two years in Sword Celtic, yeah, but for, um, all the way up, two years out of probably seven, eight years I was playing, I was on my own with all the boys, but they really mm. took me under the wing, or in fairness, they were my school friends as well, like I was in yeah. the I was going to ask you that in terms of having friends and stuff, yeah, you know, you're just so, friends with the boys from school, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and my, my dad was a football manager, so it, mm. it was it was fine in terms of that, so the lads, they were really good to me, um, and in terms of playing against other teams, I did find that there was barely any girls in my league. Uh, we were playing in the um, NDSL, like Premier Division, so there wasn't many girls around in that division. But I remember playing a game one day, and 
the lads I got I received the ball and one of the lads kind of kind of stood off me just like just presume I kind of going to lose the ball and I wouldn't have the technical ability to be able to keep it and I just managed to get around him and the next time I received it then <laughs> he didn't step off and I mm. knew I was in for a battle then but I enjoyed that with the fellas um, in terms of the Well I, Megan I, I noticed recently we, we played a game against uh, so I'm at home farm under uh, 15 now we played a game against Castle Knock and they had a they'd won a female player and I noticed the lads in my team they weren't sure what to do I think it was more kind of out of respect maybe they kind of were now maybe it was it was kind of just that because she was a girl they just now she was a brilliant player and probably what like what you said once they realized that she was shoving them off the ball they were saying god it's okay to maybe shove her back but there was certainly a period of where they kind of weren't sure you know what to, what was appro- yeah. what was appropriate maybe for them to do and that's always going to happen as well mm. and the only thing i would say is that that was probably under 15s i think um in the in the growth and the in terms of the boys and in their power and physical strength, I think mm. after under thirteens, sometimes it is the correct way to go towards female football because um, the strength in the boys and and the speed of the game just completely changes after under thirteens, and that's why the new rule um, in Ireland is probably in the females can be one that one year older than the boys all the way up to under eighteens, which mm. I can completely understand. But in terms of when I played from under fives to all the way up to under under thirteens, there wasn't that massive gap as there would be when they're playing under 15s but you have to understand where the boys are coming from as well and um, they might be not not afraid to hurt a girl but mm. if they go into a tackler so because at the end of the day boys develop completely different to girls and their physical strength is completely different to a female's physical strength so it can be a bit daunting for the boys and, and it's more afraid to hurt the girl but then when you re- realize and, f- and realize that uh, they're a good player they don't want to be probably made a show of on the pitch and you know, in terms of their lad group of friends, they don't want to be slagged probably off the pitch because I've seen it happen. Mm, and, that's um, interesting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, coming off yeah. the pitch, I've seen it happen and mm. like lads, lads not wanting to. And uh, Megan, just on that point, and 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 you're obviously uh, a, you are coaching. Is that something you think coaches and managers, if they observe that, that they need to deal with that? You know that 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 shouldn't be happening. Yeah, absolutely, and mm. and the way that the way the game's going in the last few years, the growth in the female game, um, it's important that men don't dis- disregard the women's game. And if you were to well, watch- well, what I mean by that is, if my if my players did that, I would speak to them. Do you know, yeah, what I, I, if I think- they were coming off slagging a player saying, you know, you, you know, the girl went past or whatever, I would I would stop that straight away. You know, I think managers and coaches need to control that kind of dialogue yeah, you know the approach has to be the same as they're just a, they're a football player at the end of the day when, oh, they're, when yeah. they're on the pitch just 11 v 11 it's two groups of players it's not one female and, and 10 lads against a lads team full of 11 players it has to be just any even playing field and you have to treat everyone the same I think absolutely that's yeah, yeah. But, it's, but it's important that the manager our coach sets the tone you know really absolutely it has my, to come, in, has to come from the top and yeah. Yeah. you know they are young young kids as well and you, you have to remember that and sometimes they don't want to be embarrassed or you know made a show of in, in terms of their so the social aspects when they move off the pitch with their group of friends but as a coach you can only control the controls you can only control yeah, sure. what they do yeah. you can only say what you can say and you can't control what they do and say on the pitch which is which is a pity but i think i think the boys view of the female game has changed drastically in the last few years and i don't think there's as, as much of that now sure. as there probably would have been about 10 years ago laura going back to um the kind of the advice that Sean McCaffrey gave you in terms of going playing and stuff like that. When you when you look back on that now, 
is that really important? Do you think for any coach, irrespective of boys or girls in coaching, do you think you do you think you, you do miss something out if you haven't played a bit? I yeah, I think it's very difficult to to coach. It, it probably at a higher level if you haven't played. Um, and in saying that, you don't have to have played at a high level. I don't think I wouldn't have played at a very high level. I wouldn't have played as high as, as Megan. Obviously, um, I would have coached you know the Ireland under seventeen women's team for years. But I would have only played local league, you know, uh, obviously didn't help starting so late. Maybe I would have been brilliant. Mm, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but um, I've seen you in sessions, Laura. Maybe I wouldn't have been Megan, you would say. <laughs> no, but, 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 but even taking that when you went into the international setup, like, and, you know, you could compare this to the things you hear about Premier League managers that maybe, you know, they say they didn't play, but they probably played, but maybe not at the, the yeah. top level. Um, was that something you were conscious of when you went in with the, the national team? Probably more so at the start, as mm. the years, as the... Probably the first year more so. And after that, I kind of realized what I could bring to the table because, like more so than what I, than I did in the first year. Um, because I, I realized that I was a very good link. Like my strength, I think, would be the relationships that I would build with the girls. And um, I suppose, you know, I was that female coach in there with them that they felt they could come to me with problems and all that type of thing. Hmm. But also that I realized that I, I did know an awful lot that I had a lot of coaching experience. And that's really the main thing when you're a coach. But I do think that the playing element will, will only make it a better coach. Hmm. So the fact that, you know, what, I suppose how you have to kind of put yourself in player shoes to, to try to get the best out of them. And if you've never played, that's very, very hard to do. You know, you can only really imagine it then. So from playing, I had managers um, and I kn knew what I wanted from that manager or that coach. And, you know, you know what, you, what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. So like I've had lots of different types of coaches. I've had a coach that would uh, just pick out all the negatives and give out hell every before the game, after during the game, halftime, the whole lot. And then you had coaches who would be really respectful and who you'd really want to play for, who you'd who would have, you know, would try and build you up as a player and try to but at the same time would tell you what you need to do better, you know? So the, the different type of coaches you have when I was like, when I was playing, I had just all the different types of coaches and I knew then what, what kind of coach I wanted to be from. Sure. Can I, coaches. can I ask you just based on what you've said there? So yeah. one of your strengths with the, just in particular with that national team was that the girls could come to you or whatever. Yeah. Is that a challenge for a male coach in, in that environment? You know, that, that sort of thing that maybe the girls maybe mightn't come to a male coach with some of that stuff or what, what are your thoughts on that? It can be, but I, I would be quite strong in saying that you don't have to be a female to coach in the female game. Like mm. I really, I don't think that at all. Um, I do think maybe be more so because the girls were younger, like under 17s and say I was away with under 16 and under 15 Ireland teams. And when we went away, they're young girls away from home. And I think that was important to have a female there more so like if someone's crying in the middle of the night because they're homesick or uh, they might knock on my door quicker, you know what I mean, than, than going to maybe a male coach and that from that point of view. But I think the football side of things and in general, you know, it's only really international teams and, you know, successful club teams, maybe in Champions League, that type of thing that should be going away with teams, you know, but I think just say your, your, your club level, I don't think that it's as important to have a female coach it doesn't have to be is what i'm saying yeah and, and, the, and, yeah, and, the, and the reason i ask that is i suppose for people that are listening that let's say for example you are considering getting involved in in your say as a man which with your daughter's team or whatever right mm -hmm. 
um, and you might feel slightly uncomfortable with some of the, the problems or challenges that, that female players might have and that, that you, you might feel you don't have the experience to deal with that. What, what would you say to people like yeah. that that might be unsure mm. about it? Yeah, like, first of all, I totally understand, like, and that mm. is a worry um, that a lot of people would have because I know even I worked as a development officer in Kildare for the FEI for 10 years and I would often go to clubs and say, like, will you start a girls team? Let's start the girls section. And that was the worry that they had. Well, we've only got male coaches. hard to get female coaches and... Uh, and basically, I said to them, sure, use male coaches, but you can have a female parent that's just present. They don't need to coach, yeah. you know, and that's probably the way around it for for all girls teams. And like, I think it's something that it's important that clubs don't. By the way, you could argue you could argue the same with a boys team that exactly. it would be good to have a, yeah. a, a mother involved in some way. Yeah, yeah not, not necessarily a mother, but a, a when it's woman. underage. When it's underage, you have to remember that it, it's less contact time than away with international setup. Like it could be only three and a half hours a week. And yeah. majority of the time, the parents are there watching. So exactly. if there's ever issues and it's only a male coach there, there's certainly going to be nine times out of 10, a female uh, present or a female parent mm-hmm. present. Mm-hmm. When Laura speaks about the international setup being away, Laura's being my coach in the international setup. So I know, I know what it's like and I, all my friends as well I know how they felt about the importance of having probably a female coach there just for support whether we whether we've ever used them or not it's just that comfort knowing that there's a female coach there yeah you have your your kit woman who's who's always kind of that mat you'd call them your your man but it's important to have a female coach there just in terms of they understand females can go go through different experience than males um, growing up and particularly in, in teenage years. And if there's a female coach there, she can kind of understand if one one girl's having an off day and there could be a lot of reasons behind that. And, and it's important that Laura would be very understanding towards that more so than probably the two other male coaches that we sure. did. Have. I mean, and, and I wasn't sure whether I was going to say this or not on the podcast, but my only experience of coaching women and Laura will, will, will know this, um, was part of my degree. I did sports science in Limerick as well. And part of your modules or, or course that you were doing, you had to take on a team or whatever. So I took on, I don't think I was in charge. I think it was more the fitness side of things with the UL Camogie team. And I have to say, personally, I didn't think I did it that good of a job because I, I kind of now, bear in mind, I wasn't that much, I was older than them, but not by that much. But I, but I didn't feel that comfortable um maybe and it wasn't necessarily problems but just some of the you know for example you know one of them not being able to make training and stuff like that and not feeling well and all that kind of stuff I just felt a little bit out of my depth with it so that was my experience Mm. would it be different now because I'm a bit older a bit more experienced probably yes but had I a uh whether it was probably not a mom in in college but had a, a female would have made that a lot easier for me so that, that's really interesting mm. yeah I think I was just re- like I was obviously a football coach as well but I, like I was more so off the pitch like Megan said and personal stuff like that that the girls were comfortable with so like in what I'm saying I suppose and, and what I've said to clubs and over the years and I found I actually found it quite frustrating when clubs would make that excuse we can't get female coaches we can't have girls football and I just be banging my head off the wall saying you don't need to have female coaches great if you can get them because I think it is brilliant if you can have female coaches and I think the game has changed and I think uh, every like you you're seeing female coaches now you know you see Vera Pau looking after the the women's senior team and I, I I never realized probably growing up how 
how badly that was missed, you know, if you know what I mean, because I always remember having doubts when I was in secondary school, like I wanted to be a football coach and I always remember having doubts and I remember teacher saying to me, she can't do that. You're a woman. You just have to pick something else, you know, Mm. I'm like, who, like, why can't I be the first then? Or, you know, or why can't it change, you know, but Mm. I do remember having plenty of doubts saying, oh yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe I should just go down a safer route. But like I, I decided then to use sports science as a as a platform to hopefully get into coaching and yeah. and it worked out for me, you know what I mean? But um I, I think it would be very helpful to young girls who are considering to become coaches to see the female coach. So it's great if it can happen and I think it's getting better. Mm. But if that's not possible or if it's not, you know, maybe there's you don't know someone, then you get the you get the males in and you get you get the girls game started because first and foremost we have to provide football for the girls, you know. What, what's your view on, let's say, you're the typical way that a parent gets involved in coaching or managing or whatever it is? So they're, they're, you know, their kid is interested, whether it's a boy or a girl, and whatever age the nursery starts at, they, they get involved, right? And in my experience, that would have been with my son Liam's team got involved. And then looking back, once I, I formed a team, I'm looking for people to help me. I'm not looking for coaches because, you know, I'm not looking for qualified coaches. I'm just looking for parents. And I would have looked for the dads. Mm. Right. So looking back on it, did I ever consider one of the moms? Mm. I don't think I did. Mm. And I wouldn't say I'm on my own in that. Yeah. Maybe that's something people should be considering because I like I know that the, the clubs that do ask the mommies and the daddies the whole lot, they end up with, with more of a, a better team in their club, like a better committee, maybe better club, mm. whether it's coaching, whether it's committee, whether it's fundraising. I know that the clubs that do basically ask everybody, because that's mm. the biggest thing is to go and ask people to get involved. Because if sure. you're not asked, mm. usually you're not going to stick your hand up and say, right, I'll do this, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just something for people to think about. Like obviously ask and ask and ask because mm. all the clubs are crying out for coaches and um I mean, ask everybody, <laughs> ask anybody. Yeah. That's what I used to do in Kildare, ask yeah. everybody. And because, but I mean, all, all, but all, the only the support you might be looking for is could be dealing with the case or could be, could be the organisation of, yes, you know, the WhatsApp groups, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not, not saying that, I'm not suggesting for one minute that, that that's what women should be doing, mm. but is that we should be more open-minded in terms of if it's going to be the coach and are all the bits that, that are involved in managing and coaching that, the moms are there equally as the dads of the players. You're just looking. You're looking for a person. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a mom or a dad or a male yeah. or a female. I think, like if you look at the, the the national leagues across our all the teams across Ireland, and you're probably looking at the, in the women's game, majority of the coaches and managers are males. But that that's not in set, that's not saying that like women can't come in and, and do just as good as the job. And I think the females should even push. Females think they. Sh- they have this thing where they think they should stay in the female game. Like if you look at Lisa Fallon, I know she's gone off and uh, being part of coaching setups in the male side of the game and has done really well for herself. I think she's she's she was with, she's with Galway United and yeah. she made that step and and she's done a couple of interviews saying that like she has no problem being in it and it's different experience I think and it's a, it's a challenge for for women and personally as a coach I wouldn't see any. I wouldn't hold back in wanting to get a part of the, in the male game. I think mm. because I'm playing women's football at the moment and after getting into coaching setup at a young, young age. And I Megan, what, like, what's your coaching experience so far? Who are you involved in with so in I, the coaching? Yeah, so I'm currently with the, the Girls Centre of Excellence, the under-13s, and then I'm the Irish under-16s um, assistant 
uh, to, to Tom Helms at the moment. So Brilliant, yeah. with the under 16s, I only started that um, recently. It's a completely new experience for me. Um, I'm probably the new lore, if you want to say. So I was a, I was a, I was. She, a, did, she did. She led the way. <laughs> but I was a. It was. It's a great experience because I was a player for so long in them underage setups, and uh, Laura was uh, the assistant coach, the female coach, and then I had a uh, Maz Sweeney who was the assistant coach with the 19s, and now I get to be. I get to uh, step into their shoes, and I'm still playing. So I've really noticed that the girls respect me and they, they know I'm still playing at a high level uh, with P-Mount United and I think that I've I've had a couple of one-on-one conversations where girls are coming to me and just just for a chat and just general things that they wouldn't be comfortable going to the probably the, the, ma- the male coaching staff and ask me questions and even in terms of my, my own medical condition and um, when another girl on the team like had, might have the similar medical condition and just but you don't you don't realize at the time like how much that means to them to be able to talk to me and being able to confide in me because for some of these girls their first time going away for seven days straight without family members obviously with COVID last year they missed out on the under 15s so having that female coach in, in there that knows how they're feeling because I was there as a player being away for seven to ten days away from family and you go through different emotions uh, throughout them seven days and be able to being able to come to me and just speak to me about them like it does mean a lot and then in terms of my and, and Megan are you taking your qualifications now or, or where are you at on that coaching yeah ladder? so I have a I have my way for B um I, I completed my four-year degree there in Carlo IT so I finished that in May and I am um, I was on my I finished my way for B and I'm currently on the uh, UEFA uh, youth B license at the moment oh wow yeah, um, yeah. With, with the FEI so that's a new course after coming in so that's a women's only one, but we don't want to say it's a women's that, only that's one. That's okay. You're, you're not. You're, this, this, nobody's this. Nobody's listening to this podcast. About that. That's that's safe. That's that's secret. So um, yeah, I'm currently doing that at the moment, and um, I'm I'm still playing and balancing the coaches set up. So yeah, I just finished with Carlo IT. So um, I'm trying to use a, a, all my playing experience and um, to implement that into. And Megan, have you coached boys? Um, no, never. Okay. No. Yeah. The reason no. I asked that, and I know Laura, you have Laura. Any um, differences in for anyone that that is coaching? Are there any kind of significant differences in coaching boys to girls? Um, I'm basically I suppose I, I've coached boys. I've coached Kennedy Cup squads years ago, and mm. um, and then I coached a men's team for a season as well. I coached Leeds United men's team in the Leinster Senior League. Um, I suppose with the underage boys, there wasn't a huge difference. Probably at the start for boys or for men's when a girl comes in to coach it is a little bit different and you have to kind of accept that at the start but what I found was really important that like I I obviously didn't mention or whatever but I'm uh, I would go in and I would talk football and after maybe the first session you just got the respect then that was it like it was you know they'd be looking at you a bit funny at the start but I, I got the respect off and that's any boys team or men's team I've ever worked with and like obviously as well. Well, what do you mean by that? You talk, talk about talk oh, football, football, like as yeah. in it just gets straight, like straight into the football. Like you, you know, you don't dwell on. I know I'm a girl and I'm coaching mm. the boys. Mm. You know, you obviously don't mention any of that. You just come in and you start. You, you kind of give them a bit of your background, and when mm. even my background, I suppose that would have helped me because you know when I was working with leagues of men's, I was saying like uh, I was doing my. A-like. How was that? How because that that's that's a high level. So yeah. um how did they take to you? brilliant i have to yeah. say they were absolutely brilliant um 
like that, like very, they're kind of a bit giggling and ever that start when you're kind of going, oh, Jesus, there's a girl in the dressing room, you know, and there's a bit of slagging and a bit of banter with that kind of crack. And like, I'd be very much like, I'd knock the door and be like, right, lads, you're decent. And they didn't really care. And I'd be like, Jesus, lad, tell me you're decent before I come in. Well, listen, you know, they'd be taking yeah, the piss yeah, of it, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But that's kind of the only difference, really, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, but so like, somebody had said to me before that girls have a tendency to maybe be more inquisitive as to why maybe you're doing things yeah. that is that true yeah I, I would think that the boys say and the men's actually underage mm. and and at men's levels a senior level that they they would definitely ask less questions because i think they like to make out they know a, a lot more than they do in football terms mm. and i think that's not nothing to do with male female coaches i think that's just a, a boy playing football at 13 like uh they kind of think sure i know that i know that like when you sometimes when you're telling them stuff Mm. but um maybe they don't realize the detail that they need to get to a higher level and that type of stuff mm. uh, so they would definitely be slower to ask questions and that's that's not Taryn Mall saying but there is some players that will ask the questions and that that really they're you know they're kind of they're wanting to to learn more and, and uh um but I do find the girls will ask why they'd be quicker to ask questions um but on on a whole on a general if you get me so mm. Mm. some boys will ask questions not um not as much as the girls. And, and Megan, as a player, is that your experience that, you know, if, if a coach is saying, we want you to do whatever the, the practice might be, do you find girls are more inquiring as to what's, why are we doing this or what's the, the purpose of it? I think so. I think mm. females are probably open to, to learning more and, and showing that they, they probably don't understand something. It's more of a pride, probably a pride thing with boys that they want to, mm-hmm. they think, they know, not that they know everything, but they know what you're talking about. So I think in the female game, I think they're open to ask questions because sometimes women's football, they mightn't understand it as much. I, th- I know a lot. I know a lot of females that mightn't enjoy watching football on the screen on a Saturday, mightn't enjoy watching Gary Neville and Jamie Carrigan on Monday night football, mm-hmm. analysing football and not interested in the analysis part. So I mightn't understand co- coaches football language so obviously football language is huge it's completely different so some females might not understand what they're talking about so they'd be they'd be more open to asking that question um but i think then in terms of my when i'm, I'm coaching i love co- players that ask me questions because it goes to show that they want to learn mm. and it goes to show they, they want to know what you mean by that and i think the best you do find the players that want to go f- further in in their coaching or in their playing career are the ones that want to learn more and, uh, and do ask those questions. Just generally you, the leaders. Sorry, Laura. It's generally the leaders like that would ask the question. They're the players that would generally either go to a higher level or become the captains and mm. that type of thing. Do you know that they they ask the questions on behalf of everyone else and it is sometimes just that shyness or not wanting to seem like they don't know what you're talking about that that's it's important to create an environment though that that they're not afraid to ask questions and you stay at start there's never a stupid question Mm. yeah you know any question they want to ask whether it is football or a non-football related anything they want that you create that environment that there's there's there is no stupid question Mm. sure um just something you mentioned there um just uh resonated with me my my son loves playing football but he doesn't like watching it, right? And he doesn't like talking about it and analysing it and all that kind of stuff. And I find that frustrating at times because I often think you need a reference point as, as a player to kind of know, you know, know what it's like at the top level. Um, in terms of the girls' game, is that... If, if you were to encourage players to, to watch the game at the top level, would you be encouraging them just to watch 
you know, the Premier League or would you be saying watch women's football or just watch football in general? Like what, what, what kind of is the reference point for them in, in, in observing football at the top level? I think both. Um, you see the, the WSL, the Women's League in England, is only being shown on Sky Sports this year. So probably mm. a lot of uh, young players haven't had the opportunity to watch women's football as much. But I know RT have really pushed in the last few years with the Women's World Cup and the, the Irish senior team's qualifiers have been shown on RT. But they haven't had the opportunity in the last few years to watch a female game. So mm. it'll be more so watching the men's game, the men's Premier League and Champions League and so on. But um, And where is, believe- the, where is the easiest place to see top level women's football? Where Where is the go-to? At the at the moment in Ireland, um, all the women's national league games this year, um, are being streamed on LOI TV, which yeah. is really good. It's it's uh, access for free; it doesn't cost. So, okay. every every game streamed on Saturday or Sunday, whenever the game is. Free. And and I didn't know that now. So, is, are do you have to pay to watch the men's games and the women's yeah. are free? Is that, is that right? Is it? Yeah. So there's, wow. subs- there's a subscription for the men's games, and hmm. um, but the women's ones free this year just to get people um involved. Um, in our league war, more the women's league uh, women's national league and um, just getting it out there and I have to say the FEI and the Airtristi have put a lot of effort in, in, into our league and it's it's come on leaps and bounds this year um, and, and, and outside of Ireland where where would you get to see games? Um, I know FA player um, that's the one for the WSL the women's league in England so similar to LOI they've been doing it for the last uh, year or two and some games I know are shown on BT Sports and, and stuff but um, this year Sky Sports are willing to show the women's uh, WSL so that would be huge for the women's game and in uh, in terms of Ireland there's a lot of um, Irish players on show so hopefully yeah. more more young girls in Ireland will get to, uh, the opportunity to watch the women's games on TV now I have to say it's a great buzz when you see on the Sky Sports ad and Katie McKay yeah. pops up in the, <laughs> the middle of the lads He's you know, like, yeah. no, it is, it's brilliant to see it though because it's and even I, I think Air Tristy um at the start of the season when they were launching the men's and the and the women's this year that they had the two combined in the one ad i thought that was just it just it was just a bit of a game changer this year because i'm thinking usually you just promote the men's league or you promote the women's league and it's separate and but now you're what like league of ireland fans that I watched the men's game they're seeing you know it was on your garment i think was uh, was on that ad but uh you know they're seeing the, the, the women's just hand in hand and it was just, i just thought it was brilliant and i think that's the way forward that it's promoting the two to get like it's it's just great to see that because it's not like, like that's totally separate. I follow League of Ireland. I don't watch the Women's National League. It's like you know it's football. Go and watch it. Like and, mm. and even, when you mentioned with the the Women's World Cup being on the telly on RT and TG Catter and that, I I I found a lot of people are coming up to me and saying. Jesus, tell you what, them women can play. And I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah. That was good. But like this is top level female. Like, you know, it's the World Cup. And the, but because it was on the TV, you, you turn on your TV, right? It's RT on the telly or TG car or whatever it is. And they're seeing it, you know, whether they went, they turned it on to watch that or not, they, they ended up coming across it. And that's the difference, I think. And that's why it's so important Sky have, you know, the WSL on now this year because people, football fans will stick on, like it's like, like my house, you stick on any football that's on, what, you just change over till you find the next football game. And that's, I think, what's, what's positive about the, the women's football being shown now. And that's what has to happen for, for, um, for everyone to become aware that that's, mm. that's the level and that women can can play and deserve the opportunities, you know, the equal opportunities. Sure. That, Laura, that point I made about Liam not being interested in, in watching football, what, 
what um what do you find in your coaching? Do you do you find the youngsters are interested in watching the game, or is it, is it a bit mixed? Because I mean, they're so caught up in their games, mm. consoles and stuff like that that um. I kind of find it understandable that mm. they, they, they don't watch it, you know, like certainly I would have done as a kid. I just, I find a real mix and that's across the boys mm. and the girls. There's some players who will just live and breathe it and like that, be out playing all day, come in and try and find some football on the telly. And then mm. there's others who just will never watch it and only want to play. And, to, you know, you can't, you can't really change that or force that. But mm. I suppose if players are looking to play at a high level, they sh- I would encourage them to watch some football and, um, because obviously even at a higher level, you're going to be watching your own football back and video analysis comes into mm, it and all that yeah, stuff. So sure, even yeah. to watch a player and playing in your position that you're kind of becoming aware of what it takes and what kind of movements and all that type of stuff. But in saying that, I know high level players who have zero interest in watching football and that's um, international yeah. footballers, mm, you know. Mm. Check out the grassrootscoach.com, a community of grassroots soccer coaches for the sharing of knowledge and best practice.